Alex, um, it's good to have you back. It's been a couple of months, basically, more or less, uh, six or seven weeks almost. And yeah, on this occasion, I think it's possible to say with regards to one of our mutual passions, football, the shit has hit the fan. Um, but yeah, you, you've got some really interesting thoughts on this. And so I thought the best way to do it was to just basically let you get stuck in and then we'll attack it. Okay, cool. So um, yeah, I'd like to just be been listening a lot in the last um, few days to what's been going. Reading a lot, I've been actually I was glued to it all of Monday. I have to be honest with you, because um, I just felt this kind of real disappointment, just a massive, massive disappointment, um, as I'm sure so many people did. Um, and I kind of wanted to, I wanted to kind of step back and just look at it rather than just kind of go, ah, oh, the world's fucked. Um, I yeah, I just wanted to step back and, and just say, okay, so what's you know what's going on here? Let's understand it. Everything has a logic at some level, right? Let's try and un understand it. So um, so yeah, I just want to make a few points about it, and um, I think what's interesting is how it then relates to how our system, how the system works, and I'm talking about a system of our society and things like that, and where it's going, and how this is a reflection of it. But um, yeah, let's, um, so to kick in, so um, you know, first point abhorrent it's um it's awful what's happening um and it's being led by real um you know people who if you look into their profiles you wouldn't be surprised at what's happening so just to give a couple of examples um uh Kronke, uh, Saint Kronke, um of arsenal um you go to st louis uh and you talk to people about baseball there they, you know people are Discuss, you know, they don't want to know they're, 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 that a whole kind of a whole city there, a whole geographical area is, is, has been turned off uh, by does that it, person. Um, does it, doesn't it make you doesn't it make you think about this process of due diligence, though, that the FA or the Premier League does when it comes to accepting new owners? Does that make you think? So it, didn't you go to St. Louis and ask questions? Um, it does. I mean, you wouldn't even have to go to St. Louis, you just go and Google it. I mean, it's not even like, you know, we're in the information age. If you want to find out something about someone, you generally can. So there's no, yeah, due diligence. That's an interesting, I think due diligence is a great thing in concept. Um, and it's only as strong as the, the interests of the people who are doing it, if okay. that makes sense. Yeah. So it yeah. Could be, yes, it could be done. Absolutely. You would have found everything. Um, but let me give you a couple more examples. You know, the Glazers, um, same kind of story, um, you know. Uh, you know, if you, if, in fact, if you start, if you go out with someone and they ask to borrow your car and they sell it and they say they well they need it for funds, but they've got some nice clothes and you'll both look better as as a result of it. You know, if that doesn't send warning signals to you uh, at the start of your <laughs> relationship, then I worry for you. Um, you know, listen. You know, when I heard that the Glazers were buying the club with uh, with debt. And that that debt would be paid by the public. I mean, it was just I. That is just robbery. It's just incredible. And and you know we've seen we've seen the effects of of of, of that. Um, so you know the glaze again. You know there's no surprise there that they are. We shouldn't they shouldn't be let off anything. But there's no surprise that their behaviour is absolutely the, the the worst the worst behaviour. And then and then I think um, my favourite example is Elliot Management. Do you know Elliot Management? No. No, Elliot Management. Uh, um, no, uh, Milan. Ah. They're the ones that bought Milan, and they're a vulture fund. Um, and so, for those of those people that don't know what a vulture fund is, it's basically 
to like a, an investment bank. It makes in, it investments and it, um, but that it, they, they buy up debt. Um, they buy up debt um, and just to, for one case in point, um, this, they, they, sorry, they buy up distressed debt. They, they buy up debt that's um, very unlikely to be paid back. And people are in very difficult positions to pay it back. So it's, it's cheap, right? It's not good debt like a mortgage. It's, it's cheap. And they go after it and they do they, they use the maximum power of the law just to absolutely screw those people to make sure that those people pay, pay it back. In this case, um, Argentina, the, the, the country, um, and their, the, some of their distressed national debt. Um, and literally, the things they were able to do, just to give one example, a ship, uh, an, uh, an Argentine Navy ship docked in Egypt, I think, or somewhere like that, they were able to have that impounded and uh, taken as collateral uh, to, as a guarantee for, for the, the, the debt repayment. So that's, this, is a, this is a small fund, obviously managing billions of pounds, uh, holding a country to ransom using one of their Navy, Navy ships. So, you know, for me, that was, that, was a, that was a very interesting insight, not only into Elliott management, but into just how far we've allowed um, the idea of kind of a, the free kind of the free market and market forces to get to the point where a group of people purely interested in profit can um, can just really I mean stamp on the wounds of a country. You know, Argentina. I don't know how much you know about Argentina, but it's you know it's been in an economic crisis for years. Yeah. Um, the poverty there is unbelievable, uh, and obviously with that comes corruption. And you've got a vulture fund that can come in and just make again millions and millions and hold that country to ransom. So these are the yeah, and, and there's no and there's no recourse through international law, I guess. It's just no, they did it through international law. They took Argentina to an, an inter, uh, I think an international court or something like that. That they didn't do that with bandits and machine guns. They did it through a legal process. The legal <laughs> process helped that small fund hold that country in destitute poverty to ransom on the debt. That's their business model. Um, that's right. their business model because debt, distressed debt is cheap. So anyway, so there we go. There, there are some of the players um, and some of the profiles of the owners, i.e. the people that make decisions at these clubs. Um, so that's, I think that's the first like, really important point because, um, you know, it's, there, there's, there's a, you know, there, there was a, you know, there are people saying, oh, fuck Liverpool, fuck Man United, and this, that, and the other. And it's like, well, who are we talking about here? Are we talking about Man United, um, the, the players, the manager, the, the fans, um, the people that have committed to them, the people that support them, or uh, even some of the board members that have been there a long time and have supported? Or are we talking about a couple of people that hold the most power and other people like Ed Woodward who are compliant? Um, and so I think that's really important, the first thing to say. So there's no, there should be no surprise that those type of people are taking these type of actions. Second, um, you know, there, I think the implication here is the destruction of quality at the, at the national level. So the same, in the same way we saw, saw the devaluing of the A for uh, Carabao Cup and the FA Cup, we're going to see the devaluing of the Premier League. Um, and I was just thinking, like, where can this, where can this go to? Um, and I was thinking, actually, you know, you could get global, uh, global clubs that have more weight than national entities. Um, and 
you know, people might not be able to perceive that the World Cup could be in in um, in peril. But you know, these clubs, these just to just to give you a, a kind of um, to kind of give you a kind of idea of how this how big they could become. Um, think of the kind of contracts handed out by baseball teams. You know, three hundred million over ten years or something like that to their star players and things like that. Now, baseball has got a tiny reach. You know, it's you know, there's like Venezuela, Japan, US, and a few other countries. Football is everywhere. So you turn your Real Madrid or Manchester United into a club that's playing midweek matches in Hong Kong and then others in in, in other places. Their their bases will just grow and grow and grow. Um, so the 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 funds are just unlimited, and no one gets enough of the football. So and there isn't and people say, oh, the fans won't stand for it. And 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 the people that say that are kind of they they're thinking about what the situation was 20 years ago, which was where a grand proportion of the income of the um, the company the company, i.e. the football club, uh, came from the fans um, in England and, and so on. But like, just to give you an example, I think it's Arsenal's corporate seat and much more than all the other season ticket holders, one-off sales. And also those one-off sales of tickets are people who are going to come into the club shop and buy. So there's massive, massive, massive economic incentives. Again, and this is a free market. This is what we, this is what we espouse when we talk about um, capitalism, right? And I'm not against capitalism for that matter we'll, we'll, we'll come to that so a couple a couple of final points um I, I i think you'll have global clubs that's the implication so they won't actually have any real country connection they'll lose that they'll they'll like they greenwash they'll they'll pretend to have a connection but they they won't um and then yeah then, then let's not make, make any mistake about what is happening here what they're saying this is purely about economic gain and secure uninterrupted profit and wealth building. Um, look, Arsenal, I think, is one of the best examples. Why? Because they don't even challenge for the title. They're not interested. When I say they, the owners, I'm not talking about the players and the managers. Mm. They're not interested in winning the Premier League or winning the Champions League. That would be a bonus, but they're not, they, they're not going to invest that jump of money for that to happen. They're happy securing Champions League qualification until they didn't. And now they're, you know, they, they've been on a downward spiral and everything. So they're, you know, they're one of the, I think, one of the biggest beneficiaries because they're a substandardly run club that will now get, um, you know, that will now be allowed, given a free pass for being a substandard club. Um, and I, I want to come on to around. Uh, uh, um, I, and so, okay, so just to, so, so those are the points about the Super League. I don't want to say too much more, um, but I think uh, it made me think what, what are the tenets of capitalism that are at force uh, here? Um, so, you know, I, I was thinking like, well, I, I don't know, I'm going to take a pause. So I'm going to pass it over to you. Yeah, um, no, I was just, just because I was... I've, I've made those points on the global and I don't think I should move on to another subject before I've got it pass it. Uh, we'll, we'll come to it. I mean, I, I've also tried to sort of think about capitalism specifically and uniquely through the perspectives that you've sort of presented there. Um, but looking at it again from the footballing side of things, you mentioned Arsenal and the, the lack essentially of investment in the team uh, only or at least the investment has been that only insofar as it facilitates their ability to qualify for European competition. So it's up, yeah, until, Arsenal, a, up until four, four years ago, because they haven't qualified, have they? Well, they're in the Europa League. As in, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're in the open. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. As they're they're bare minimum. I understood their bare minimum to be the Champions League, but maybe it's actually not even that. Maybe it's the Europa League. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, the Europa League, you know, you obviously it's perhaps you get paid half the amount of money that you would get paid had you qualified for the Champions League, but it's it's yeah. still a certain amount of money. Um, yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, they're there, they're in the semifinals now. And, you know, if they win the tournament, then they are qualified for the Champions League next year. So, I mean, they have invested a certain amount. However, if they then switch to this supposed European Super League, um, it is incumbent upon them to spend a certain amount of money in guaranteeing the quality of their team. Because thereafter, if they do not do so, nobody's going to watch their games. As in, they... they Why not, Zach? Sorry, you're talking about the Super League. No one will watch Arsenal's games in the Super League if they if they don't improve from where they are now. Let's say, because right, whether, let's agree where they are now, they'll get battered every week. Is that, are we more or less? Yeah. Okay, good. We're there. Oh, we're well, not battered, but you know, they'll, <laughs> they'll be towards the whipping boys end, right? Uh, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Manchester United. Um, well, look, I mean, with the exception of United, because up until now, unfortunately, whenever United has played Arsenal over the last couple of seasons, they haven't gone after them. You know, whereas other okay. teams, okay. So that, other teams yeah. have gone after them tactically and have battered them. United haven't battered Arsenal, so I don't think it would be fair to say that United would necessarily do so. But as okay, in, but they'll perform, they'll perform poorly. I think we can, yeah, you know, we can I think, say, yeah. And and your your point is, if they do that, then they won't be watched. I, I think that What's there that is a. If I had to choose between watching <laughs> um, uh, a super team play Arsenal and two super teams play one another, the chances are I'm going to switch to the two super teams if I were inclined to watch the damn thing anyway. Okay, okay. So, okay, I see your point. Okay, absolutely, there'll be more um, tempting games. But the point is there's only, there's only 20 teams. Like, there, there'll be only a certain amount of matches and there's a global audience. So, I, I, two points about this. One, I don't think they'll have that issue because there'll be too much glamour around it. And two, um, each team will get a share of that 3.5 billion that gets, and I think that equates to something like 150 um, million uh, dollars, uh, well, based or something upon, like that, or more. Well, based upon an article that I saw today, it's not quite the same. Um, they have tiers, so the top tier oh, okay. will get 300 mil, the second tier 200 mil, and the third tier 100. Um, and then thereafter, the, the additional five teams that will periodically be uh, uh, sort of adjoined to the list will get yeah. less than 100 mil for their okay. participation for that particular round. So, okay. yeah. Yeah. All right. So, I, I, I mean, yeah, I think, uh, uh, like, I, I think generally they will prosper if they're there. They will prosper as a financial entity. I don't mean as a kind of Arsenal football club as a financial entity I don't think I think that's a guarantee unless unless there's some kind of massive massive coordinated response but I I, I don't know and I, I I don't feel like I'm kind of a good kind of perspective to kind of uh, like give my opinion on that I don't think I've got like that knowledge um, but I I, I, I see it I, I see this going ahead and um, gradually eking out the Champions League um, B teams or second teams in the Premier League to kind of blood people for the, the, what becomes the big league and then just more decision-making powers from those people. And, and, and just like the most ruthless, ruthless um, um, financiers in the world um, at the helm of those clubs. 
Do, do, okay, I know we want to go into a bit more of an analysis of the the sort of uh, the Fourth capital design. element. Yeah, the capital element yeah. that is there, that, you know, inherent therein. But um, just to, just so almost jumping to the end before we come back again. Do you actually okay. think this is this has uh, a long term lifespan? Do you think this has a long shelf life? Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, I, I, yeah. I, I, I disagree, uh, but uh, fair enough. I mean, uh, I mean, why don't you tell me one, two, or three reasons? One, two, or three core reasons why you think it won't, and then maybe I can respond to that with what I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, for a start, there is a certain disenchantment with the way football is run, anyway. Um, now, I, people yeah. still have a certain romantic notion with regards to the localization of their team. This is our team. I know that you have people, fans are all around the world and they say, you know, you know, Liverpool is my team. You know, we didn't yeah. do well. Um, but you still need to be able to maintain a relationship with those individuals. Um, and I'm not sure by withdrawing further into elitist competition, that relationship is so easy to maintain. Um, Thereafter, by coming away from the more standard uh, structured football tournaments, you lose an element of prestige. Uh, I think coming away from standard. Okay, all right. No longer registered with UEFA and FIFA. I think there is a certain prestige that comes with um, the history and traditions of these tournaments. UEFA has been around for a long time. FIFA has been around for a long time. Um, Being associated with these historical bodies uh, is something special. Being thereafter associated with uh, an investment fund kind of doesn't have the same meaning to it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, what else is there? I'm not sure they will be able to continue to attract top footballing talent because I like to believe that when a football player starts his or her career, their top aim is to play for the national team. Their dream is to be to represent their countries at a World Cup, at a European Cup, at a South American Cup, at an African Cup, if you know what I mean. The young yeah. player that comes into the game, that is their dream. And with this European Super League, I am hopeful that UEFA and FIFA, after the current generation of players, that they tell future players, uh, you know, you will not qualify for playing for your national teams if you now pursue a career there. These guys are there. We don't want to punish the current players. That's unfair on the current generation, but future generations beware. Yeah. Um, Okay, cool. Uh, Yeah, so there's four points there. Um, I, yeah. Uh, Okay, I'll just uh, very quickly each one. Disenchantment, maintain relationships with the local community and the local fan base. Um, I, I, purely in economic terms that that base is irrelevant now <laughs> it's completely irrelevant that's it they're like if you culturally socially i couldn't agree with you more economically they're irrelevant like i haven't studied the finances of the clubs but i i, I you know asia pacific is the growing region america is the growing region in terms of football uptake people are getting into it there's a massive growth there 
Um, so like the why the, the the complaints and things like that of people at local like my you know myself I'm you know consider you know want to uphold the kind of values of, of what was before just there isn't that you know other fans will no, have no problem paying and, and keeping that going so it's, as an economic decision that's it's completely irrelevant for them. Can I just come back on that point? Because, yeah, yeah um, because for example, uh, um, when um, Ozil complained about the treatment of Wiggers in China some years ago, yeah. Arsenal's mm -hmm. contract was cut in China. Um, yeah. And so therefore, obviously, they lost out quite a bit of money. Yeah. You're talking about an Asian market. That Asian market is going to include countries such as China. It's going to include countries such as uh, Thailand, Indonesia. China's wherever. the main country, but yeah. 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 That's so the therefore, market in Asia, but yeah, go on. Yeah. So therefore, the clubs that go there are going to be told no politics. Yeah. And we are talking about 12 clubs which are from Europe. And so therefore, yep. supposedly represent European values. Um, if one of these, for example, the English clubs goes out there and in China, some particular event has occurred and the football club doesn't say anything purely because they're expecting a huge bonus to arrive from China. Um, of course, yeah. Isn't it possible that the British government will say, we're going to freeze your bank account because you are doing business with a country we have suspended trade relations with? Um, Isn't this a possibility that may occur, which does perhaps counter the economic model? Um. I think you're, I think that's, I mean, I would love to think that that might be the case. Um, but, you know, there is genocide uh, being committed right now uh, in, uh, with the Uyghurs. Um, there's, I mean, China on multiple levels. And, you know, I'm not a backer of the United States or imperialism or, or UK arms sales. So I'm not, I'm not, this is not this is to all of them, but um, in, you know, China is committing atrocities. And people are still doing business there um, and trying to find a way to manage the balance between speaking up against that. Um, I think 80% of the world's cotton comes from that region. So, you know, we're buying it. Uh, it's happening. Um, I, 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 I don't think China will care. Um, they, they're too big of a market to care now about individual brands dropping um, ties. So basically, the brands need China more than China needs the brand just as um, football fans need their team they've always supported more than the team needs them now. And yes, the government could take action, but if the government starts taking action for companies act um, trading with China, I mean, UK completely breaks its relationship, trading relationship with China. And again, UK leads. Now that we're a tiny little miserable old fish in a massive global ocean, uh, we need all the help we can get. We don't have the bargaining power that the European Union has. So, um, you know, uh, we're we have to do deals with the devil will be the mentality, especially of this government. So, um, okay. so no, I don't think so. Um, right. uh, and, 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 and as far as, you know, I don't think I need to comment on the feasibility of um, injustices, atrocities and things like that impacting the decisions of those owners unless there's some economic impact, as you said. Yeah. So um, the second one, coming away from established tournaments, look, 1992 Premier League didn't exist. Now it's like the most established uh, tournament, the Champions League. That's a new tournament. The European Cup was the old tournament. 
Um, so no, I don't think, I think actually prestige will come where the best players are playing. And that's what's happened with the Champions League. That's what will happen with the European Super League. If the best players are week in, week out playing in that league, there's the prestige. If the oldest club's names are playing in that league, there's the prestige. But, um, but, these, are, but these are natural reincarnations of existing competitions. As in uh, the old Division One became the Premier League, as in the same teams play this, at the same stadiums in front of the same fans. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, but these okay, will the, be the same teams. Uh, in the, but instead of West Ham, you've got Barcelona. Yeah, but you've it's a different competition. It's a different competition. Yeah, it's it, yeah. No, I I I get you, but I'm I'm again, Zach. Like from your like, I hate it. I I, I can't stand it. Like mm. you know, I I completely agree with all those views of like. I don't want to watch Real Madrid Arsenal every week and all of that. And it's sickening. And I want to see, I want to see Leeds go and draw with a point or fucking knock them out. Mm. Um, but again, the majority economic interest comes from people who, who just are happy to see that every week. They don't, yeah. they don't know what came before. Um, just, and then... The, just, um, yeah, go on, go on. I, I yeah, to... so uh, I'll, I'll just, uh, on this one, so UEFA and FIFA... Um, also, UEFA and FIFA, like, and this was going to be my, the last point in response, is like, you know, they don't have a lot of, a lot of them are mixed up in this. So, you know, at the moment, they're all up in arms, but they, you know, when FIFA goes to Brazil and makes drinking Budweiser or alcohol in stadiums an, an obligation as part of the World Cup ride, um, that it, it, alcohol in stadiums in Brazil is banned because of the violence that came, and they've they've made that. You know what kind of a company does that? Let alone a global organisation. FIFA is as dirty as, as as you know many of these members. They're the same kind of people in different suits. Note that UEFA has come out heavily against this because their interests are in direct competition. FIFA are still looking at this. They haven't come out with big statements, um, so they're quite. They're looking at the possibility they can still survive and this, that, and the other. So they're, you know, there's not a lot of courage um, there. Um, yeah. And then just the last thing you wanted to say, you said attract top football talent. I think that's the only one that I think could have a potentially a bigger ambit. If the World Cup stays in its current form and is not affected by this, it's not deleted or anything like that, that hopefully that attraction to play. But then again, that who needs who more? 20 teams times a squad of 20 players. That's 400 of the best players in the world. Imagine if the World Cup starts putting things on these players, uh, on these clubs, they'll say, okay, have a World Cup without the 400 best players in the world. Sorry, that's a bit, that's a bit discriminatory. Have it uh, without the 100, 200 best players in the world. What's a World Cup without them? Mm. Who needs two more of that? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, uh, you know, on the other hand, there have been occasions when top teams, Italy didn't qualify a few years ago, England didn't qualify in '94. Um, yeah. yeah th there have been occasions when very top important teams have not qualified for Holland didn't qualify. Every uh, yeah, every World yeah. Cup there's been at least one. Yeah. Exactly, and and the it, it wasn't any less dramatic, shall we say? Um, and also just to come back to a point that you made earlier. Um, you know, obviously, as a Manchester United fan, for me, the most dramatic um, memory I have in, in uh, the Champions League was when they turned around the 2-1, uh, the, the result against Bayern Munich in 99. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but if, I, if I were not to be so uh, blinkered, shall we say, with Manchester United, the best recollection that I have of a football game in the Champions League 
is Bayern Munich against Norwich City, where Norwich went to Munich and won 3-1 or 2-1 wow. or whatever it was. And I think it was Jeremy Goss scored a, a peach. Jeremy Goss. Remember? I remember the yeah. ginger curly hair. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would never, you would never get that level of drama. Yeah, and it, I mean, I, I the other day I watched it on uh, YouTube again because it, you know I was trying to, I was telling my son about mate Norwich beat Bayern Munich, and he said, "No way has Norwich ever beaten Bayern Munich." Promoted. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, they, uh, it's funny you say that um, because um, two weeks ago when I watched. Um, Paris against who did they play? Bayern. Paris against Bayern. I have to say, like when I just watching Paris, like with this trigger, this trigger called Mbappe, Neymar, and De Maria. Like, oh my days! Like I, I was just like, please, can we just spend more time with Mbappe on the ball? <laughs> it, I was. I just felt like a kid again, honestly. And that was that's the. I I, I get your point. That about that kind of drama. I mean, that kind of drama, I think, is stuff that newer fans can't appreciate. Um, that newer fans in other countries and things like that, because they can't, there's such an established dominance in most of the leagues in the world. And, uh, you know, it, it, you know they, like the, the thing of the FA Cup replay and then someone knocks someone out. And, you know, that's amazing. But, and we love to see it. Everyone loves to see that, cause part, that. But that's a part of our culture. That's not a given thing, you know. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, and, and these so, are things. Which so again, we, um, who's going to miss it, uh, Zach? Who's going to miss it? And uh, well, I'm sorry, I, I don't, I don't want to sound like an asshole who's like this, this heartless thing. What no, I, but... I, I hope for everything. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to say, how could this happen, and then how could it be stopped as well, and, and stuff. Yeah, as it when it comes to, <coughs> excuse me, when it comes to the stopping it. Um, yeah, I don't think it can be stopped. But, you know, I, I, I thereafter flip to the other side of the argument because I am, uh, you could say, incandescent with rage um, yeah. at the idea of it. I will not watch it. I, I will cancel my subscription with uh, whichever organization is providing the coverage. Um, and I will watch something else. Yeah, because I actually feel... One of the reasons why I, was, I also mentioned the first point, the disenchantment point, um, you know, when football was simply a sport where you, you had passion for the sport and you loved your club, it was incomparable with anything else. Nowadays, it's simply one form of entertainment among a list of other forms of entertainment. And... Yeah. You know, with with games consoles, with streaming services, with you know audio books, you know, basically at your fingertips. I I say audio books because I love listening to audio books. Um, you know, with all of these different forms of entertainment at your fingertips, you don't have to go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. How big a deal is ninety minutes of football on a two or three daily basis? For me. They've got uh, yeah, too much. There's, there's too much entertainment competition there, man. As in, you know, people can binge watch uh, Suits or whatever all weekend. I couldn't care less anymore. I don't want to watch the European Super League. I want to watch the yeah. next episode of Suits, for example. I think I think your point about like we have there's a power we have a focus and like 
So some people say, oh, I couldn't stop eating meat, for example, um, or I couldn't stop watching football. And it's like, actually, we're a lot more powerful than that, I think. Um, and it was interesting because after being really disappointed and really, just really, really, de- really let down and, and just really just trying to read up as much as possible, I just kind of said, OK, Al, uh, you know, you're going to have to do like this kind of really just look at it and just say, like, how much do you need this in your life? I, I basically, I, I mean, comes as it isn't. Um, because I want to see how things develop and I want to think about it a bit more but um, there was a part of me that was like screw this man you you like you know I stopped playing football seriously at 16 or 17 and so from then I made a decision I wouldn't try and I was you know a little semi-pro youth club and and stuff like that and I was like you know I had a a little bit of a dream to kind of um, play professionally and I kind of I like with a piece I made a decision I was like I'm can have football in my life and I don't need to play professionally. I can do other things and that's what I'm going to do. And, and I've been happy since then. Um, and now it's like, and, and I was just like, I'm, I was like, I know I can be happy without football. Like, um, so there's a part of me like, Oh, could I, could I start playing again? Like just, you know, to give myself my football fix. Could I watch local leagues here in Bolivia a bit more, just focus more on that. Um, and, and could I just leave it completely and just say, fuck it. And then, and, and there was a part of me that's like, yes, I could do that. And I'm still, you know, I'm still thinking about like, like this, I'm talking about the Super League, right? Um, and there's another part of me that's just like, fuck you guys. Like, why should I have to leave? Why don't you guys fuck off? Uh, you know, all this. but um, like you said, just coming back to your first, your first point, which was, it, you don't think it's stoppable. Uh, I, I don't think it's stoppable because I think it's a process that's been in place for, you know, more than 25 years now. And it started around about the time maybe of the Premier League, maybe even before that. But, you know, we did a deal with the devil and um, and Manchester United, club we both supported, um, or you support, and I, I, I stopped supporting a long time ago just because I realised I was just a glory hunter. No, I don't. <laughs> um, just, I, I, I realised, you know what I realised? I realised I was just more passionate about beautiful football than I was about any club. Um, but anyway, um, and but we benefited massively from that, you know, Premier League years, dominance of Manchester United and Arsenal, um, you know, buying in the best players, biggest club in the world, um, and benefiting from that, and then getting bought, and then and then I think you know the thing the Glazers took over, but the only reason they could take over was because we were a public entity, and we I think I, again you have to check the finances, but. I, you know, I believe when we become a public entity, I believe that our finances went through the roof and we had this economic, massive, massive economic power over so many others. Um, and But we didn't realise that that, you know, that left us vulnerable. And and look what happens. And, and you know, the opposite case in point is the what would have probably been labelled as socialist decisions from Dortmund and Munich, you know, um, that now are like, oh, oh, look, oh, look, they can't just, Completely, you know, maybe they'll maybe they'll go into the Super League, but they won't go in there without the fans having a say. Um, no, no. Apparently uh, today they unequivocally said no. Bayern Munich has said we are not going to be in the European Super League, and that's it. And fact, what happens when what happens when we're here in two years' time talking? We're a year and a half into the Super League. It's been a massive rave, rampant success. I don't know. I you know Germany has has always had like social principles. Um, uh, that I think are higher than other. Uh, I, I think there's, there's there's always this community. I, it, it's strong. It's it's in football. Um, so maybe it will withstand. Um, I, 
But yeah, I think it's inevitable, like you, um, that this happens unless I was literally thinking it would like someone said nuclear war, um, like that kind of level of let like literally um, deconstruct. No, it's not deconstruct. You know when you like break up the bank, it's like break up those football clubs. Yeah, you, like de literally de destroy de them. It's like when you want to when you want to um, uh, when you want to kill a host, you have to kill the host sometimes to get the disease out. Yeah. And you're not going to buy these clubs out. They know how much they're worth now. But if you kill the brand uh, and you make it worthless, I know this sounds extreme and it sounds ridiculous, but just think about it for a second. Um, if you do that, then they haven't got a product anymore. And then you build up something else. And so it's not it's something along the lines of AFC Wimbledon or the, the, the MK Dons, but at a level that's supported by a a conglomerate of different uh, of, of national leagues, governments, fans, literally saying we are going to dismantle the 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 operation, like um, work permits, things like that. Um, but I think you would need a revolution from the actual players themselves. And you know, and you're talking about players like you know, an Alexander Arnold in prime of his game, world at his feet years to come of, of greatness probably on a three or four year contract and you're saying to him okay you might not be able to play for a few years or something like that and, and you know I can't talk about what kind of a sacrifice that would be but literally I think the only way you get these people out is you destroy the club and then you build it up from foundations again which sounds ridiculous but then we're in extreme times. Well, I mean, I, I would say that, the, you know, sometimes you can become so big as an entity, you end up eating yourself. Um, and, you know, mm. yeah, I, I think that's essentially what's going to, what has happened here already. It's just, um, I mean, the rot has set in, they just don't realise it yet. Um, how do you see, uh, uh, that's such a good point. And, and tell me how you see them eating themselves. Like, well, I think they've, what... they've, they've already killed their own brand. They have already killed their own brand because in the eyes of your average fan and the average fan will make up the majority of fans. These piece, these people are elitist parasites, um, which are feasting off the product that they love. And by feasting off that product, they are essentially killing the product. And th therefore I think the rot, the rot has already set in. Um, they're essentially dead without knowing it yet. They're walking around with the cancer inside them. It's going to take them out in a few years' time, but by then it's too late. I, uh, I'd love to. Uh, uh, you know, I couldn't agree more. Parasites. Um, that you know, uh, your description. I just when you say that they've lost the the, the brand that they've lost all of that. They've lost it with a certain group of their clients. Well, let's look I'm at it. Call look, them clients, at... and their clients. That's 10 to 15 percent of their clients back in yeah, terms but, of economic revenue well you're, yeah but this is the thing though because you you're still maintaining the the, the capitalist element which is fine because you you have to put up but that that's what they that's, survive. if they get have the money they survive if they've got profits they're yeah. in good shape but the thing is what what is it that makes barcelona or real madrid special what is it that makes liverpool Manchester United, Manchester City special. It is that within their individual nations, they have developed a history of success. They have developed a, a class of um, supremacy. They have 
they have reached a level of excellence. You are mm -hmm. now cutting them out of those individual nation bodies that have yeah. held them up. Because yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's basically Spain which holds up the the, the status of Spanish teams. It's um, it's, it's they probably argue it's the opposite that actually Real Madrid and Barcelona they argue that they're the ones that bring the viewing figures into the league. And yeah, but the Spanish, the I think it's the Spanish people. Of the country is either Barcelona or Real Madrid. Yeah, yeah but it's on. the Spanish people that hold them that provide them with that automatic level of acceptance of um, of enchantment when it comes. If you talk romantic, if you're a Spanish person and you speak romantically about a football team, you're going to speak. But yeah. oh, do you remember that '56 Real Madrid team? Or that yeah. sixty-four, whatever Barcelona team, you know, um, yeah. it is it is within that national complex relationship that these teams are yeah. special. You are and, now and that's how I them. see it completely. Yeah, like, that's how I, 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 that, that's how it is in my eyes. You're like, what makes it what makes it special? But the the, the problem is, it's like who's answering the question? Because if it's me or you or anyone in Europe or something like that, then that's their answer. But if it's uh, a kid of, of twenty-five who's uh, in in Beijing with uh, wealthy parents that only had one kid um, and they want a glamorous football club to support uh, like millions of people across Asia and other places. I'm not saying there aren't kind of deep-rooted hard, you know, fans that really understand the game. There are, but there's millions more that just, you know, will pay the money happily, VIP, this, that and the other. And th those are the opinions that are now matching to the clubs and that's the, that's the thing. I think, I think the and only I, way... I think they can continue. Yeah, on. The only way this will, in that sense, the only way this will work for the individual teams is for them to make the individual football players within those clubs like absolute icons. As in, we are going to turn these individual players for the 10 years of their careers into gods. And that's the only way they will be able to achieve it. But in doing that, once again, they will end up killing themselves. I cannot see it working. And I'm perhaps I'm a bit close-minded in this perspective, but I do believe when you strive for that level of affection from people, your star burns quickly, is what I think. Mm. And this is this is basically the case. They are gonna get a lot of money, but then the star's gonna burn quickly. And it's who's gonna pick up the yeah. pieces? It's not, yeah, it's not all going to run perfectly, that's for sure. And um, and I think that, uh, an interesting thing they uh, there was a, the Athletic did a piece on uh, Messi, and like, it's how much is Messi worth to Barcelona? Because obviously it came out that he was being paid like this amount of money, and they actually calculated that you know he was he was earning them more than he was than he was costing them. And one of the things they said was like, you know, there's been doubt now that if he plays for Barcelona next season, contracts and all of that that we know. Um, and they have uh, some of their key sponsors are coming to an end this year. And what they've done is they've they've done two contracts. So there's a contract with sponsors like Beko and all of those um, that uh, based on Messi staying and Messi leaving. And there's something like a 50% difference. And so one thing that's quite interesting is that the people in Asia and things like that, they love Barcelona because of Messi. They don't love Barcelona because of its history and things like that. Barcelona, yeah, they had this prestige, but that prestige is nothing without the current best players in the world. You know, um, a few years ago, uh, yeah, just, I mean, look, Man City, look at Man City. They've got massive fan bases now. They've got no history, like no history that compares with like Man United or Arsenal. 
Liverpool. Um, do you know what I mentioned? But they've got the players. Hmm. Liverpool. I, uh, look, uh, uh, Zach, I, I'm at peace. I, 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 since <laughs> I started just loving the beautiful game. I've loved watching Tottenham under Pochettino, uh, Liverpool under Klopp, uh, Leeds. I can watch those with pleasure now. I don't care about hmm. club allegiances, honestly. I'm like you. It was partly because I was suffering so much under Van Gaal and Mourinho uh, with Man U. It was just like, I'm, I'm not watching this. This is, this is, this mm. is utter shite. Like, the, it, and, and you know what the hurtful thing was? Was like doing utter shite with great players like Marcus Rashford or Anthony Martial. Uh, you know, if, you, if Martial was playing on the Guardiola, my God. Let's, but let's just make ourselves a short-term question then. Do you think this Super League will get going this year? Um, yeah, probably. Um, I think it probably will because they, um, there's two things, uh, two things that make you think that. One, they've already taken preemptive legal action um, to, to preempt any legal action from the authorities. They knew what, you know, there's a, there was a leaked um, uh, interview. No, not a leaked interview. Like one of, I think the Guardian or someone or the Athletic got to speak to one of the board members in one of the top six clubs who remain anonymous and, and blah, blah, blah. And he was saying like, you know, there's disagreement and the, the clubs were well aware of like the extent of the backlash that would happen. And so that was all prepared. Um, so, um, so they've taken preemptive legal action. So what that will, I, from what I understand, the very little I understand is that will mean that legal processes taken out against all aspects of this idea will be held up in courts and things like that. And um, what someone made a great point that look what happened with Man City and, um, and the financial fair play. Basically, the way they won um, against real proof of like wrongdoing was they put, they put the billions of a state, of an oil state, into legal costs, which UEFA couldn't hope to compete with. And that's what they do. They can just do that. They can hold it up. So I think that will be one thing. And then the other thing in terms of the practicality is um, if UEFA keep playing, uh, trying to call their bluff, i.e. going, oh, we're going to throw you out of this and this and that and the other, they'll only serve the competition that then comes. You know, okay, cancel the Champions League this week. Fine, no Champions League. Uh, next season, all right, well, okay, we're not in the Champions League now. Cool. Uh, this is a new one. Real Madrid are going to add, uh, or, you know, they're going to add this to their trophy number. Like um, they've got 12 or something like that. So if they win the Super League, they'll be on 13. They're, it's a continue, like as the European Cup was the Champions League. They're, you know, they've thought, they've thought this through. So I think, I think it will go, go ahead in the short term. And I think they need it to, because uh, I think part, one aspect of this kind of, um, is it disaster capitalism or something like that? It's like that shock and awe tactic. It's like force something through. Um, what's that saying? It's easier to, um, apologize and ask permission yeah. and so if you just smash through something um, legally marketing um, and take the advantage of the opportunity so at the moment it's perfect people are suffering um, they're distracted they're scared they're not able to or organize they're not able it says absolutely perfect for dictators as in Cambodia and other places China and things like that uh, United States as well as um, the, the mafia running uh, these football clubs. Cool. So, yeah, I, I think, I think, yeah. what, what do you think? 
I think so too. I think come, come I think come August it's going to start because I think that otherwise, if they wait a year, um, they're giving the uh, established organisations opportunity um, to change things around and to stop it from happening. If you do it quickly, as you say, the you know UEFA, FIFA, they just don't have the time to respond. They either accept yeah. the way that it is, or they yeah. go towards a far more extreme solution, which is chucking them out. And I don't think they're yeah. prepared to do that yet. Um, so, yeah. yeah, they they might cut off their own, uh, cut off their nose to spite their face. And just one other thing, I mean, you know, JP Morgan, you know, their business is in assessing risk and they've put 4.8 billion behind it. You yeah, know, what does that tell you? Oh, yeah. you know. It tells me that um, I, I know a bit about, a little bit, very little bit about the, uh, the history of JP Morgan. I couldn't trust them as far as I could throw their, any of their buildings. Oh, sure. Um, I mean, but yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, that's a different matter. All right. Alex, what yeah. can I say, man? It's, it's great to actually talk about purely a, a, a passion that we both share uh, in yeah. abundance. Um, and I'm also looking forward to the, uh, the our analysis of uh, capitalism um, in the next session, which won't be too far away, I think. Yeah, I'm, I've got my notes ready. Um, I, yeah, I look forward. And I watched, I watched, I think, four fifths or nearly all of, or pretty much all of the Michael Portillo um, uh, putting capitalism on trial. Uh, that was never, it was so, never on trial. It was fixed. Yeah, whatever Mr. Portillo says, that was never on trial. Anyway, we'll jump. We'll come back to that. We'll um, come back to that. That's a great starting point to agree on. There, <laughs> we've got to find some disagreement, mate. Come on. Yeah, yeah. I'll do okay. my best. I'll do our best. All right. Alex, All right, enjoy. Thank you. And uh, chat soon, man. Yeah. Take care, Zach. Thank you.